1: My name's Sean Collier. I'm in Aaron Kleiber's car. Yayo. We're creeping in the PNC Park parking lot outside of Row House Cinemas, where we just watched Usual Suspects. Yeah, good throwback. That's worth that's worth paying for a ticket for. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do it. It's a special retro episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Recorded outside the theater, right after the screening. It's You Can't Handle the Truth. Honest reviews of the newest movies. Part of the Epicast Network. Hear more great podcasts at epicast.tv. If you try to wreck my life, why don't you just smile and have a good time about it? I'm it is You Can't Handle the Truth for Friday, March right 6, 2015. Man. My name's Sean Collier. Here's Aaron Kliber. Hey! He's Jet Setter. you just yeah. in from Delaware.
0: I was in Delaware last week, and as we speak right now, I am filming a commercial in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that you'll hear more about later. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. And L.A. soon as well? Yeah. Uh, next week, I headline the Pittsburgh Improv. Sean Collier will be featuring that mm-hmm. show. Matt Light's going to be hosting... Uh and Thursday. Some, some surprises in there too, yeah. I think. Thursday yeah. through Sunday, twelfth through the fifteenth, and then I'm in LA for about two weeks. And uh I'll be at the Ontario Improv, a couple other places, got some really cool things there that I can't even talk about. Yeah. That you'll hear about.
1: You'll hear all April. about it. And uh yeah, but taking a break to go see a movie. Yeah. Tonight, uh we gotta plug Rowhouse Cinemas again. Another yeah. really cool week. The I don't I don't know if I want to say what the theme is because the theme's a spoiler.
0: I know. I actually just posted it on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Cliver. I took a picture of it. I'll tell you, it's uh, it's the the whole film series is called Victorious Villains, which which is a huge spoiler. Gives away a little bit. Yeah, I was like, uh, so because it's like it's it's Usual
1: Suspects, Rocky, Rocky, Braveheart, Braveheart. And uh, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. So pretty much, so that's a pretty big spoiler for all of those. Yeah. I guess they assume with those four, everybody knows. But you know what? I say this: I say we're not we're not going to tell you who Kaiser Soze is on this no. podcast, just in case. Kaiser Soze is the devil. Yes. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. If you don't know, if you don't know, you got to watch this movie. And, yeah. and and you missed it at Row House now, but if you can see it in the theater, great. If if you can't, you got to watch this at home. We talk about whether or not certain movies hold up, right? Uh, and our our Epicast brothers at uh, does, does this, this hold, hold up? up? Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll start by saying, Usual Suspects really holds up, and in fact. It holds up even if you do know everything.
0: Absolutely. Like, we know the film. We know <laughs> what happens. And, you know, yeah, I'm sure everybody knows that there's a huge twist at the end. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, it still gave me chills. I yeah. was like, man, this is good. You know, for years, I held this up as like, oh, this is one of the best screenplays. And I have not watched this movie, honestly. I own the DVD. I probably haven't watched it since I bought the DVD maybe eight, nine years ago.
1: Yeah, I saw And it's still... Man, it's good. It is good. I saw it once. I think it was at the Oaks Theater. So I've only seen this on the big screen. So I got the big surprise there. It's mind-blowing, obviously. But this has... Watching it a second time has that thing in movies with a really good twist. Not just a twist for the hell of it. Right. But this is a a bad example because Usual Suspect is a a better movie. But... uh, I was thinking about Sixth Sense. Right. Because Sixth Sense, yeah, that, that's a movie with a good twist. Yeah, And as, but, soon, as, as soon as you saw it, you're like, I got to see that again to watch them deal with it throughout the whole movie. Right. And here, that was so much fun.
0: Yeah, so much more um, intertwined kind of, um, what's it called, like tells.
1: Yeah, yeah that you would never ever ever catch right. the first time but watching it again it's like, like wow that, there's so many times when they mention Kaiser Soze and then what's the next thing you see
0: yeah yeah. or right.
1: what's the next thing that somebody says right it's interesting it really is if you've only watched it once it's totally worth watching again yeah uh and and beyond that element of it you said right away the cast is unbelievable. One of the best casts, and it's such a good crime movie. It's a gritty
0: movie. There is violence and cursing, and it's they're gangsters. They're they're. It's not a gangster movie, but they're like modern crooks. I was trying to
1: think of a better. I don't know if you'd call this a heist movie. It but, is, uh, but, yeah. But if you do... This is a gritty Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, if if you call this a heist movie, this is probably one of the best. Yeah, it absolutely is. If not the best. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll throw this out. I don't know why I started making this comparison, but this is... Usual Suspects is way better than Reservoir Dogs. You
0: know what? You want to talk
1: about something from the Man. same era.
0: Well, I mean, you're going to make people mad. I think that Usual, uh, usual Suspects... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I I think Reservoir Dogs has a lot more style um, and a lot more likability with the characters. I can see why. But if you're talking about a film and the structure, sure, I I would say it is better than Reservoir Dogs. I think it's a better um, story than Reservoir Dogs. Um, Reservoir Dogs is a really great script. I mean, it's one of the best things that that Quentin Tarantino has written.
1: Yes. I mean, it really I mean, it
0: is. And he. He does make very likable characters. He 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 writes dialogue cool, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what Reservoir Dogs has going for. You know, has going for it.
1: Reservoir Dogs has is you know a ready-made cult movie, right? And is you know cool as shit, and and just you know quotable, sure. and, You know, fun. You would say this is a, a perfectly structured movie. Yeah, it's, that you a, could it's, hold up against fifties crime movies, against twenties yeah. crime, against seventies crime movies. It is. Uh, it's a, a definite film.
0: thriller crime movie.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's
0: it's it, it's man, it's good. And the cast, you mentioned the cast, man. Um, it's not that I didn't remember, but I forgot how good Benicio del Toro was in it. Oh, he's how hilarious! Good. He, so good. Uh, he, he just pretty much mumbles from Dick Tracy.
1: Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Just the lineup scene. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, "Oh, you yeah, fucking of What the fuck? Oh, come on!" Oh, it's so, he he's yeah. hes great. Looks like 12 years old. He, yeah. lo- he looks like Bruno Mars. He does look like a child. He's, he uh, does look like Bruno Mars. Just that uh, caramel like skin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Pollock, awesome in it. Oh, he's um, so funny. It is weird, though, that Kevin Pollock's character kind of doesn't match who he is a little
1: bit. No, but he always sells out. I'm trying to think yeah. of the other stuff that he's really good in. And I'm not. I'm not landing on get shorty. Yeah, <laughs> but whenever he, whatever he's doing, he's just so likable and charismatic that right. you buy it right. And uh, uh, oh, what's Keaton's name? Uh, um, Byrne. Uh, the actor Jeffrey Byrne. Jeffrey, yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect casting. Yeah, I know. We're really in the car. Oh we're, yeah, we're we're trying to figure out because, you know. We 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 go where the the action is. Yeah, I was
0: I was gonna turn the heat on because I don't want the cops to roll up to a steamy car and see two <laughs> dudes recording themselves in the car.
1: No, we're podcasting, officer. <laughs> we, yeah, no, it's gayer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> then again, we're we're in Lawrenceville. The police have seen people podcasting in weird places that here before. Is it's hilarious. It's, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> Kevin Spacey is, I mean, he Super. carries the movie. Uh,
0: won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, uh, and it also
1: did win Best Adapted Screenplay. I think original? I don't think this was adapted for anything, which is even more mind-blowing that someone sat down. Oh, yeah,
0: it's uh, it's screenplay written directly for the screen, Christopher McQuarrie. So McQuarrie sat down to write a screenplay and yeah. came up with this. Yeah. That's insane. And you know what, Christopher McQuarrie—he actually wrote, just wrote *Edge of Tomorrow*. He oh, that was wrote, good. He wrote *Jack Reacher*. Did you see *Edge of Tomorrow*? Yeah, yeah, that
1: was. It good. was. It was good. Yeah.
0: Uh, Jack Reacher was actually pretty good
1: too. I skipped it. I don't know well, you I know what, it.
0: Jack Reacher right now, um, Jack Reacher it, actually, now that I think about it, Christopher McQuarrie writing it, it does kind of feel like a '90s uh, action movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's why I like Jack Reacher. Um, he also, man, he likes Tom Cruise. He wrote, uh, Valkyrie. Oh, did, I see,
1: did I see The Tourist? That
0: was bad. Yeah, that's really bad. That was very bad. Um, he, R- Way of the Gun is a really good crime movie. I haven't seen that. You gotta watch that. Um, but then right before that, he wrote, uh, he, he wrote some NYPD Blue episodes right before Usual Suspects. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, really good. Kevin Spacey though, especially Kevin Spacey. Now, I, well, at all times, I've been watching him all weekend because Gabriel I'm, Byrne, Gabriel Byrne, Jeffrey I'm sorry. Byrne, Jeffrey Byrne. Who's Jeffrey? i is, like is Jeff. that a person? No. Steve, Steve Byrne. It was Steve, Steve Byrne. Steve. It was Steve Byrne. Uh, are you watching House of Cards? Do you do House of Cards? Um,
0: I'm going to be in Philly all week, so that'll so guess what I'm doing. I've been.
1: Uh, we're, we're only. Binging House of Cards. We're only five episodes into season good? three, but it's really good. Okay, it's better than last season. And oh he's, wow! He is. He might be one of the top five or ten working actors. Oh, right? absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of working
0: actors that aren't working anymore, Stephen Baldwin. really good in. Well, yeah, what? Where? Where did he well, go? He did. You know, he did Sliver right before this. That weird, you know, mm-hmm. voyeur, you know, killer movie uh, with, with uh, what's her face, Sharon Stone. Uh, but he was really good in this. The way he... Uh, he, he, he I think he did Biodome after this. How oh hilarious man. is that? Well, you know what, the way he... Biodome's really
1: funny. The way not what anybody says. The way he overacts In Usual Suspects, you can kind of see that that's a little bit more perfect casting than he's awesome. Yeah. He's great in this, but he, he's yeah. not like you're yeah, not watching this. You're not watching this going, oh, he's a wonderful actor. That's a good point because yeah. it kind of fits his character. Yes,
0: he's a little over the
1: top. Yes, a little nutty. Uh, oh, John Esposito from Breaking Bad. We were arguing in the theater about whether yeah. or not that I was like was I am telling you, dude. That's yeah, him. That's Gus. Yeah, he's significantly blacker when he was younger. geez, Sean. I'm well, you know, I don't mean culturally. I mean he was well, a darker maybe skin. Maybe he's
0: got that Michael Jackson thing.
1: <laughs> he's <laughs> slowly Vitiligo? Lid- uh Vitil Vitiligo. Vitil is Lid- an instrument. Lid- Igo Lid- is a girl from Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> Vitiligo. Vidal- Vitiligo Vidal- is like a is. French. No, that's violin. what it is. Oh, that's okay. what it is. Vitiligo. Vidal- uh, but. Vitiligo sounds like a Chopin piece. Yeah, it's a it's a fancy disease. <laughs> um, no, John Collins, he's great. I mean, yeah, so good, solid. You can tell, and you can tell, uh, uh, the casting in Breaking Bad, guys like him and Jonathan Banks, these people who, like, you absolutely did not know their names. Yeah. But they went out and found. Yeah, that guy's been around people. a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, remember Chaz Palmentari, man? Mm hmm. Solid guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, come, on. I mean, dude, um, Oh, my gosh. Well, um, a Bronx Tale? Yeah. Oh, oh, what a good
1: gangster. And, the, and Pete Postlethwaite. Uh, Pete Postlethwaite? He's, de- he's, like... he's dead now, and I never learned how to pronounce that his name. That sounds like Co- a dude you Kobayashi. Would... Oh, yeah, Pete Postlethwaite. How did you know his name? He's, he's really good. He was in. He is good. He did a couple of things late in life, because he just died maybe two or three years he, ago. His last
0: movie, I think, was Inception. Uh, And before that was the town. Killing Bono. He was the town. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. He's done
1: a lot. He's He's that. That character is an Irish guy with a Japanese name and an Indian accent, and it's never explained. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. But you know,
0: you know what though is interesting about that. I thought about that while I was watching it, and I thought, you know what? I wonder if they. I mean, obviously. If you watch the movie, you'll see what, that one part of
1: that is explained.
0: Some things are explained, right? But, but not the accent. But but what if it's like part of the his story? Yeah, like almost like oh no, this is a guy, but he really talks like this. It almost yeah, like yeah, that could be right. You see, you see some things. Yes, it's a little revealing, maybe that those kind of things are wrong. Yes, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but yeah, the the cast is absolutely. I I can't get over. It. Kevin Spacey, uh, and if you have seen the movie, you know why we're talking about it so much. But it's so it's, good. It's, it's so you know I, I saw him uh, I saw him live. I saw Kevin Spacey. What speak? Uh, no, do do theater. Really? Do, uh, um, How good is he in theater? Eugene O'Neill's uh, Moon for the Misbegotten. Wow! Uh, I saw that in London, where I was in London for like forty eight hours, and I I knew he was doing it, and That's walked crazy. into the theater and bought a single ticket, and it's. You know, some great movie actors are great movie actors. Yeah, right. He is—he is, uh, he is a, an actor in the classical sense. Yeah, like commanding, a, a, a completely <laughs> dissolves into a character. Just think about this in seven. Sorry, we are going to spoil seven. I guess, but
0: oh, dude, that's the thing. I was wondering. I goes this. He did seven after this.
1: Yeah, look at him in the nineties. Oh, run, run down Kevin Spacey in the '90s. Oh, End, uh, I with already
0: Ameri- know. L.A. Confidential, '99. He's he's you know he's ending with uh, American, American Beauty. Beauty.
1: American Beauty is one of my favorite. Uh, of a long time for a long time, I said American Beauty was my favorite movie. Uh,
0: I mean, he did do a little thing uh, in The Ref, uh, but then he did Usual Suspects. He did Outbreak, Seven in '95, Time to Kill in '96, L.A. Confidential in '97, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which won some awards. Mm-hmm. Um, The Negotiator He actually was pretty good in The Negotiator With Samuel mm-hmm. Um, And then, oh, Bugs Life, hello <laughs>
1: yeah. As the villain Hopper A Bugs Life Great voice acting The forgotten Pixar movie. Yeah,
0: and then 99, American Beauty And then he started going down with Big Kahuna uh,
1: Oh, Big Kahuna's good yeah. Have you ever seen Big Kahuna? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago That's good But uh, Pay It Forward was a good film mm-hmm. No, he's Then he did K-Pax in 2001
0: Okay, that was no good Yeah Life of David Gale was, eh. um, Beyond the Sea. He was good, but it was a, not a great movie. That was that was a,
1: I, I remember him talking about that. Then he, then he was Lex Luthor. <laughs> Beyond the Sea. I remember him talking on Letterman where he had to deal with, he had to deal with what's that guy, what's that singer's name? Uh, Bob Bobby Darren. Yeah, Bobby Darren. He had to deal with Bobby Darren's family for the rights. Right. And they had a meeting and. Uh, the the, the the family member sat down and said, uh, you're too old to play it. You're not good yeah, enough to yeah. sing it, and uh, I don't want you to do it. And you know, that's how they started. And he convinced him because he's, he's Kevin Spacey. You
0: know, through the 2000s, he didn't have a lot of big things that was like, you know, that really stood out. But then it's almost like since American Beauty, um, he had 10 years and then did House of Cards. 10, yeah. 12 years. And the
1: Horrible Bosses movies. Well, yeah. you know. Have, I some, mean, have some fun. Yeah, whatever. I mean, did but, he did he get Best Actor for American Beauty? Uh, I believe he did. Yeah, because I was about to say he's not a Best Actor winner, but no, he he definitely is. Didn't everybody win for
0: American Beauty? Yeah, they won five Oscars: Best Picture, Kevin Spacey, director Sam Mendes, uh, screenplay, cinematography. Annette Benning was nominated for Best Actress, uh, f- nominee for film editing. Thomas Newman, who's one of my favorite composers of all mm-hmm. time. Um, Road to Perdition is still one of my favorite
1: uh... And while while we're on the Oscars, uh, uh, I know everyone's already done with the Oscars. Yeah, and, you and, you and, may
0: have you may have seen me do my recap of the Oscars. Yes. Watch for you the Oscars. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> kitty that was cat a lot of fun. Kitty
1: cat bow tie. And uh, I talked about the Oscars a little bit on last week's episode with with uh, Nick and Buzzy. Yeah, I don't um, want to talk about it. Really. I don't want to talk about it except to say that we we pulled up The Oscars for Usual Suspects when we walked out of the theater, Uh, and and it was two. It was supporting actor and original screenplay. Usual Suspects not nominated for best picture, right? And Braveheart won, yeah. uh, And then Apollo thirteen, Babe, Mm -hmm. uh, Il Postino, and Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Usual Suspects couldn't beat Sense and Sensibility and Babe. Yeah. Babe is a great film. Right but, that, but but you know yeah, we're not right. And, uh, Apollo 13 for them. Apollo 13's a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. And that
0: that kind of that kind of brought up the fact that there was I would say some of the most upsets in Oscar history in the 90s.
1: Yeah, what do we ta- we talk about Braveheart, we talked about Forrest Gump beating Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Shawshank uh, Redemption getting beat by uh
0: No, I think Forrest Gump beat Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction. Right. Uh, uh, Shakespeare in Love, beating Saving, saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan,
1: driving Miss Daisy, beating Do the Right Thing,
0: uh, Braveheart, beating. Uh, oh wait, who beat Goodfellas? Uh, uh,
1: that might have been Silence. silence of no, the no, lambs. no, no, no. Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves. Yes. May- so, S- so Silence, Silence, the Lambs was like the one that was right. So <laughs> this is this is how you know we're right about Interstellar. That's all I'm saying. That's and we said it's,
0: that. I was like, look, we're not crazy. It does. Because you look back now and say, what? Pope Fiction didn't win Best Picture? That's
1: right. Or, 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 uh, or, usual suspects not getting nominated. Or, or Michael Keaton, for that matter. Whatever. I, I just, bananas. I, bananas. I, I had to start getting over right away. And I, I don't know. And I, I got I, some crap, man, because I did not like Eddie Redmayne. But, no, well, well, screw that kid. He's, he's off. He's gone. He's gone. He's going to be gone. What's he gonna do? Because we saw Jupiter ascending. We saw what he can do yeah. when it's not a prestige picture, which is right. nothing.
0: Yeah, apparently he's such a good character actor. He spent it all on theory of everything.
1: I don't know. I mean he's like twenty nine. He's a little old. He's like thirty three, thirty four. But Don't you know, tell me that I, I, what would I do with my life? I <laughs> I uh I went in the next day. I went into work the next day, and I saw the th- this thing I hung on my wall. Hmm. It was uh, like a little mini poster thing that the Birdman press kit, the Birdman Oscar press kit, was mailed in, and yeah. it was a poster that said, "Popularity is the slutty little cousin of prestige." Huh. So, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, right. They get it." Yeah. Ne- never mind that they won five Oscars, but like. I, you know, uh, that that calmed me down because, you know, in the long run, who the hell is going to remember Eddie Redmayne? Right. Just like who's going to remember dance? I haven't even seen Dances with Wolves. Recent. Really. I think I watched like half of it once.
0: Um, it's got really good, it's got some really good parts, but it's
1: it's a really slow burn, man. Well, that's what I thought. We we talked about doing, speaking of Braveheart, we talked about doing that, because uh, that played earlier today. Yeah. And, uh... It's just a long movie. Yeah. And there are some lulls in it. Yeah. Um... What are we talking about? Braveheart, Usual Suspects, Usual Suspects. uh, The thing that got me getting back to the screenplay. The thing that got me more than anything is the the pace of this movie. Yeah, it's not long, but it's not short. It's about two hours. Yeah,
0: and it was nominated for best editing.
1: As well, it should have been. But just the way that this story is told, Uh and and the way that uh, you know the beginning is mostly in the police station yeah. and it slowly transitions to where the end is mostly the flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way that they like string you along bit by bit yeah. is like you know when you talk about the best binge watch tv series right where you just are are absolutely hooked and hanging on every word and never even think about checking your watch yeah that's what this is
0: yeah i i mentioned to you uh I mentioned to you that I think there was a trend that in the in the first half of the '90s that had this almost comic booky um, pulp mm-hmm. cinematography, and I think if you look at like Batman, Batman Returns, um, Dick Tracy you mentioned, Dick Tracy, I, I I'll even say Dark Man. Yeah. rocketeer they had these even though those are comic booky movies mm-hmm. this had some cinematography and some lighting that was very comic booky almost like a pulp crime novel yeah and i've never even thought about that before
1: and that's kind of gone away yeah you'll see it every now and then but it's it, now it feels like a throwback and uh i you know i don't know how far i can back up this point but the other thing i said is You know, movies were not afraid to be movies, right? Up to and through the '90s, movies were not afraid to have this. Has a big, sweeping mystery score that that's so good. The score, the score for for this could be the score to Sunset Boulevard.
0: Sure, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And it has Chinatown, right? Yeah, it has that feel.
1: You're right. The lighting and the way the camera works and, you know, really like meaningful shots, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that kind of went away with this push to like gritty and realism yeah. and, and, and just darkness in the 2000s. In the 90s, movies like were okay with being movies and knew that people would go along with it and take it seriously. And we, we said, I think, I think part of it is who Hollywood is shooting for. Because yeah. if you look at the big money-making movies in the '90s, most of them were rated R. I'm not talking about Jurassic Park and Lion King. I'm talking about Braveheart, talking, Silence the, the of the Lambs. The movies lands. that were yes. winning
0: Best Pictures and stuff. It seems like the movies that are winning Best Picture now are the very more artsy.
1: Right. Ones. Well, look at at, at uh, um, you know Birdman, uh, The Artist. Yeah, these are uh, movies uh, that, that, a that slave.
0: Showbiz likes.
1: Right. They're they're that entertainers they're, like that. That critics like. They're, they're, uh, uh, movies for big movie fans. Yeah.
0: They're not, I mentioned that I feel like, yeah, they're, they're movie fan movies, yeah. and critic fan movies. Yes. It it seems like, and the ones that are the blockbusters now that make money, they don't win anything.
1: No, I mean American Sniper made a ton of money. It and won one Oscar. And it, no, I'm not saying it deserved to win more, but it didn't. Sure. But like but other other than that, the list last year is the the money list last year is The Hobbit and Guardians and Hunger Games. Right, and, right. You know, you, but you look in the
0: '90s, all the award winners were huge box office hits.
1: Yes, huge. Look how much money Forrest Gump made. Uh, I mean,
0: Dances with Wolves, Forrest Gump. Look how much Uh, silence of the lambs.
1: I mean, you know, you want to the the last year's counterpart to Forrest Gump. I think would be like the Judge. Yeah. That's a Forrest Gumpy movie that made no money. Yep, and that's you know um, uh, an R-rated movie hmm. targeted at adults. Right now, Forrest Gump's probably better than The Judge, but nevertheless, so in 2014, that movie for that audience with good actors and a serious dramatic tone yeah. makes what did it make $40, dollars? You think Forrest Gump made hundreds of millions? I of mean,
0: dollars. obviously, there's always trends in films. I mean, and I feel like that maybe we're in the point now where the, maybe the 80s were. Where all the fil- like you know Beverly Hills Cop, Lethal Weapon, they weren't yeah, winning back awards. Back to the Future, they and- weren't winning awards. You- Amadeus and you know uh, Gandhi, you know. Look at the so it's almost like those in the eighties. Think about all the ones that were winning awards. Yeah, they but- were the they were the movie buffs and the critics. It seems like we're back
1: to well, that. Now. Yeah, but it seems like the cycle is slowing down because if if we're, right, right. If we're- right, if we're if we're right, nineties were. Serious movies make all the money. Eighties were pop pop movies make all the money. Yeah, seventies were serious movies make all the yeah. money. Uh, uh, so, but now I feel like I feel like we've I I don't feel like twenty fifteen is that different from two thousand, right? Uh, you know two thousand. Yeah. you know the the curve is two thousand. You still had your your you know stuff like A Beautiful Mind and and uh, uh, Gladiators around that, but I don't feel like. Uh, So far, halfway in, I don't feel like the 2010s in cinema are that different from the 2000s. But the 90s were a lot different from the 80s. Way different. Way different. Maybe this is, uh, maybe a part of this is perspective, because we're in the middle of it. But if you look at what was big in 2004, 2005, and what's big now, you know, 2004, 2005 was Spider Man and the first Lord of the Rings. Right. And now we're on Avengers and the Hobbits. Yeah. You know? It's uh. What do we know? Yeah, well, we're just we're just talking. I'll tell you what I'm more pumped for than anything. We didn't do a 2015 preview episode because it's so hard to tell, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard, you know. Well, we what, did. What, we did. We did a couple months ago. We talked about some of the stuff coming out. Remember? Yeah, we talked a little bit about it. Um, but the one I'm and how Age of Ultron we don't get. Really. Yeah, that's coming soon. That's yeah. coming out and yeah, that's only about two months so out. So Star Wars, dude. St- Dude, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Fast and the Furious, Avengers, there's a Star lot Wars of... Star Wars is coming out in, like, two months. No, Star Wars is December. May? December. Oh, that's right, it's December. Yeah. I'm yeah. so used to May. Um, the one I'm pumped for more, you know about the, the? is it The Revenant? I've heard of that. Uh, directed by your E2... Yeah. Went, went right on it after Birdman was done. Western with yes. Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy. Oh
0: my god. I, I w- love it's Leo. Not,
1: it's not out till Christmas Day. I want to watch it today. Yeah. I am I'm as pumped for that as I was for Interstellar this time last year. Yeah. Um so you know. You'll you'll see if we're biased and we immediately well, say that was the best picture of the year, but super super pumped for that. And David O. Russell's got another one coming out. Whatever. I know they're filming uh, that right give now. Give Jennifer Lawrence a break. She's in this. you oh, are gonna get another. God, she's she's the new Meryl. She's the new Meryl Streep. Ugh, I swear come to God. on! I swear to God, Meryl was not Meryl until she was fifty years old. Yeah. So Jennifer Lawrence is. That's why I'm telling you that Jennifer Lawrence will win more Oscars than Meryl Streep because she's already there that's banana she's already getting nominated every time already has a best actress well when she's you like, know what 25? I say?
0: Leonardo DiCaprio in the next 20 we- 20 years will win four Oscars
1: you could be Mark right words I mean he should already have one I'm telling I, you, know, you I'm not going back and looking at the list but you tell you tell me that there isn't an Oscar between Wolf of Wall Street the aviator uh, 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 what else not Jay Edgar not Jay Edgar um, not inception but what else should he have won for? I don't know. But they... they can't uh, think straight. Great Gatsby. Hell, do it. Dude, Great Gatsby was really good. I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. we right. got to stop talking about Great Gatsby. It was good.
0: But not Interstellar, because, okay, so for the next 40 minutes, we're going to talk about Interstellar's props.
1: <laughs> 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 we're going to flashback. Every right. Every three weeks, we're on Interstellar. Let's do some extra butter. No uh, no trailer trash tonight. Didn't see anything. uh. uh Extra butter. I know I already talked about it on the bonus episode. If you go to Monday's bonus episode on the uh, Lazarus effect, by the way, there's there's a horror movie you don't need to catch up with, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, maybe if you're on the road and you've got ninety minutes. No, to I got kill, some other but, stuff to watch. Have you done Kingsman yet? Nope. Oh, you got That's do gonna that. be my uh, that's gonna be my watch this week. Speaking of um, a movie that's unafraid to be a movie, that's a that's a fun that's I haven't talked about it on the show much <laughs> yet, but that's it is like like, the solution to spy movies getting gritty and serious and boring. Good. It's just a fun spy well, movie.
0: Well, I, uh, I know this week I'm doing Kingsman and House of Cards. Yes. That's my goals.
1: Well, we'll talk about it uh, after you see it then. I, I talked about it on the bonus episode. I want to talk about Power Rangers more because it was so good. You're so into it.
0: I. You know what's funny is Sean never texts me at <laughs> 8 in the morning. No. But he texts me. Dude, you gotta watch this Power Rangers thing on Facebook, and I was like, okay. Uh, well, you know, because I got I woke up straight to it, and it was uh, it was pretty entertaining. It was cool. I liked that was gritty. I, it was rated R.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's you know uh, it should win the best uh, live action short Oscar. Uh, I'm saying that. You know, a lot of what he talked about, there's a long article on, on hitfix.com where he, the, yeah. the dude gave the, uh, find his name, because this is the second time I'm saying it, and I f- keep forgetting the director's name, I feel bad. Oh, geez. But uh, he did a long interview where he was explaining, this is like my response to quote-unquote gritty movies that get a PG-13 rating and try to make it a mall movie for everybody. You know, I, I think a RoboCop more than anything, where Robo, this is supposed to be the dark, gritty reboot of RoboCop, and there's no blood and there's no swearing and there's nothing adult right. about it because they want to, you know, make sure the teenagers can get in there. Right. And the Power Rangers thing just demonstrates to me how fun it is. Can be yeah. if you actually play with an old property like that. His, his name is Joseph Kahn. He's done some indie movies. Yeah. Um, but didn't didn't that make you want to see a two hour, you know, reboot of something from the eighties or the nineties um, that yeah. actually has the balls to to do it? Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. Uh, I thought it was fun. I do. Um.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I just I just don't get why grown-ups who were into Transformers or, t- or Ninja Turtles or whatever when they were kids go to see the, this Transformers, this RoboCop, and say, oh, yeah, that was fun. That was like the grown-up version. No, it wasn't. That was just the kid's version again. It would be really cool if one of these properties could actually grow up with us. Right. Uh And that's why, you know, I dug it because I liked Power Rangers when I was a kid. And it was, you know, hilarious to see yeah, I, the I, I Black Ranger in bed with hookers and Yeah, shit, see, that was but, the
0: thing. Like, I wasn't crazy about the Power Rangers.
1: Well, you're a couple years older than me, so you, you missed yeah, it, it probably. It,
0: Power Rangers hit me probably when I was 14 or 15.
1: Yeah, so you were too old for it. Yeah. Power Rangers was, was big for me. Yeah. The Power Rangers Super Nintendo game? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, it's so good. Is it? It's like a... a, a you know, no, you know like, I, like a like a like a like a beat em like a beat 'em up. Like really? um What am I thinking I mean of? I thought Aladdin Streets of Rage and stuff. Aladdin like a, was a really great Super Nintendo game. Yes, it was. It was. No, it was good times. <laughs> well uh, there aren't movie games anymore. There aren't good movie yeah, games anymore. Well yeah.
0: Well, they make games of everything.
1: Yeah, but every but, movie but has they video don't, games. I know people are freaking out about that. Lord of the Rings, Shadow of Mordor. Who, that's, cares. who cares? I'm so over anyway. Lord of the Rings. Uh, anyway, I liked uh, Power. There's something else I was going to bring up about that. Oh, so uh, they might get sued for that. And at first I was like, well, that's bullshit. It was compl- they, they made no money off of it. Right. It's basically a fan movie. Yeah, it's what, a fan film. What are you going to sue them for? But uh, tell me what you think about this. I actually think... There could be a lawsuit there for this reason. I think that the Power Rangers short is going to hurt the reputation of the Power Rangers movie they make next year. Because they, they are making... They are making, you know... Oh,
0: you're saying that like people are like, this short was so good and it's nothing like that. Right. Plus, also, this guy is getting notoriety from using the Power Rangers. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, it's clearly going to benefit him. But, I mean, I I expect when critics are going to see the power rangers movie that comes out next year that the story is going to be well this was nowhere near as good as that 14 minute short i think james vanderbeek will throw a lawyer on that one for him do you think vanderbeek is really i think he's into it man you think well no i know he's into this do you think he has sway at this point i think he knows people and has money does he could he have that much money he does all right What's, uh, I can think of the him dude in, still gets checks for Dawson's Creek He still Creek. gets some Dawson's checks people, Of course he does People still watch Dawson's Creek Yeah, he still gets Varsity Blues checks, dude I don't know if, do uh, you think he got a little bump when, when you did watch it for you? That no. you think he was a wow, my my Varsity Blues royalty is usually $18 This month it was 22 Yeah, he actually wrote me a thank you card <laughs> got, uh, It was a digital card Oh, and, and Katie Sackoff, who you, you love So sexy She's good. She's she needs to be in a Marvel movie.
0: She's uh, you know what though? I think she's a little too serious sometimes.
1: Really? What yeah. do we see her in? Riddick. That's like our episode two. Yeah. Or three or something was Riddick.
0: She's in, she's in some TV shows too. Uh,
1: I I don't I hate to shortchange the episode, but what else we got to talk about? I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, this Interstellar. Is the, this <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Interstellar and Eddie Redmayne some more. Um. This is the thing about the retro episodes. Sometimes there's so much to talk about because you're blown away. And this is one where it kind of just. Yeah, that is exactly as good as I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. It's good. And it holds up. You know what I realized? We have never talked about a Best Picture winning movie. Because. As a, as a retro episode? As anything. Wow. Because. I looked at the retro episodes, and and you know we've done Dawn of the Dead and Die Hard, Never Ending right, right. Story, Beetlejuice. We have not done Best Picture winners, and then I thought, oh, but but certainly now, we're only two years old. We did not do a Birdman episode, and nope. we didn't we did not do a Twelve Years a Slave episode. Hmm. So we have never talked about a Best Picture winner. We suck. Yeah, well, we're just betting wrong. <sighs> hey. Well. Uh, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe our
0: next retro episode should be a best picture.
1: Yeah, hey, how about that? Write us in right into a Handle the Truth podcast at gmail.com and tell us what best picture winner we should do a retro episode on. Yeah, or comment on our Facebook page. You know what didn't work for me? Uh, I saw this like 10 years ago, so maybe I would like it more now. I wasn't crazy about French Connection. You ever watch French Connection? Um, it's good. For the time
0: that it was, uh, for the time that it came out, it was a good, uh, like, detective drama.
1: Yeah, that might be one of those that, when you see it, it's like watching... It's
0: one of the best car chases, like, of all time. Yeah, that car
1: chase scene's really good.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, classic car chases, Bullet, French Connection.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Now we're just talking about stuff. That's okay. Oh, I want to tell you, and this isn't great for the listeners, because we talked about this plenty last week with Nick and Buzzy, um... You were 100% right about Margot Robbie. Yeah. Because when we saw Wolf of Wall Street, you said she should be a Best Actress nominee. She's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. and Focus, which, you know, I haven't seen we, we kind of decided is not necessarily worth your time. She owns that movie. I'm telling you, man. She like she She's you coming can, out of nowhere. You can see her reach out and take that movie away from Will Smith and wow. there's nothing he can do about it. She was on she was way underrated in Wolf of Wall Street. She was
0: she did not get And I, I think that it, did not get enough press. You know you know why it, it, it really she stood out to me in Wolf of Wall Street because she it, it, it's very rare that you have an actress be, like, a sex symbol in a movie and also just be nude. Usually they're kind of not good actresses.
1: Right. Usually the person Especially in that role— Especially showing full nudity. Usually the— Does that make sense? The, the person you expect in that role is, like, Megan Fox. Yes. Yeah. In four years, that'll happen. Right. But, uh,
0: yeah, exactly. So for her to be that good of an actress and, like, doing full-on
1: nudity, I was like, What? Like, who is she? And she, that was, you know. I, we, but she we, got that out of the way now. That's the thing. You know, you talk about, you know, nudity and is it, is it good for a career or is it not. She, she was like, I'm going to do this to introduce myself. Yeah. And then I never have to do it again. And, you know, when I mentioned that, I think we
0: talked about it on our Best of 2014 podcast. I was just talking about how, what a great job by Scorsese. Mm-hmm. to to find an actress that was so good that would get nude for the parts right you know for for you know i mean it it does add to the story a little bit yeah um but very interesting that he he got that yeah he got that right he she is she is, had i i, I got look that up he had to have gone through
1: hundreds she is definitely she's probably gonna win best and Address she's in Australian. No, tra- And, 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 and cannot, you can't even tell she is. And in that... And I've heard her in
0: an interview. She is straight up Aussie. Yes. I'm like, Like, what?
1: strong accent.
0: I mean, like, she's up there with, like, Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> Andrew? Who's Andrew Lincoln?
1: Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's Coral's dad. The, 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 no, That's the only thing he says wrong. The the the, <laughs> the, the best, Coral. The best The best one is Bob Hoskins. Oh yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh yeah. I didn't Good believe he was British for years.
0: I didn't know Andrew Lincoln was English for like two seasons of
1: Walking Dead. But Margot Robbie's great. She's going to win a, a, a best a, a, a best. A uh, best actress Oscar. You know there was a there was a stupid joke during the Oscars. She presented something with Miles Teller. Okay, yeah. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris, whoever it was, said, "Man, these are the uh, there aren't two more attractive people in the room than Miles Teller and Margot Robbie." Probably true, but yeah. there are not two more talented people yeah. that young. Oh, Miles Teller, he's not going anywhere. He is going to be big. You got to see. Do uh, you ever see Spectacular now?
0: No, oh, I know. I know that's so your good. I know that's that's all my list to catch
1: up on. Well, it's on my list I think it's pretty obvious to the listener right now that we're just trying to come up with shit to talk about. So let's so, wrap it up. I'll see you later, guys. I like it. Um, you, you did your plugs at the beginning. Again, make sure you're at the Pittsburgh Improv if you're in the area between March 12th and the 15th. This weekend is uh, when Six, you're, seven. you're in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, but I will be at Club Cafe. I will be at Club Cafe on the south side of Pittsburgh tonight, Friday oh, the show, 6th. That show. I'm doing that show in April, so I'm, I'm excited for you guys. It's called uh, The Loaded Show. And that's right. Uh, Bill Crawford hosting, myself, Mike Waisaki, T. Robe, uh, Jeff Conkle I believe, yeah, is on the show, yeah. um, doing a, 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 just a all star local, if I do say so myself, local showcase. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're going to be taping all of it and, and hopefully filtering some of those clips onto WDVE. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. a great. Uh, I think it's a 10 p.m. show. 10:30. 10:30 at the Club yeah. Cafe tonight. Uh, and tomorrow night I'm in Manesson so you go, if you're right. uh, hey, cool little town to the south of Pittsburgh, if you're to the south of Pittsburgh. And one of the best the, special effects schools, the Douglas School. Oh, yeah, from uh, uh, Tom Savini's, uh, Tom Savini's uh, Douglas Savini's Education Center. People go to Manesson to learn how to make from monster all, movies. From all over mm-hmm, the world. Mm-hmm. And I, it's,
0: I just had one of their teachers actually uh, do some uh, prosthetics on me.
1: Oh yeah, something I'm working on, <laughs> uh, and uh, you'll, you'll know exactly what he's talking about a little later.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, he was saying that like they have somebody from Paris going to school there.
1: Yeah, like it's that it's one of the best in the world. It is legit, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And I'll be telling jokes there tomorrow night, and then next weekend at the uh, Pittsburgh Improv. But well, we'll, right. we'll remind you about that next week. Uh, Aaron, what what do you got? No, go ahead. No, Aaron, take us home with. Oh, I know what I want. Benicio del Toro.
0: Uh, okay, you know uh, you're gonna listen to the podcast. Uh, you know, go ahead. Ah, forget it. All right? English. Ah, come on. I wouldn't talk about it. Forget it. Go ahead. Just listen to podcasts. No
1: Thanks for listening to You Can't Handle the Truth. Find your hosts on Twitter at Sean Collier, Pgh, and at Aaron Kleiber. That's Kleiber,
0: K L E I B E R. And follow us at EpiCast TV. At EpiCast TV. Head to www.epicast.tv for more great
1: podcasts on the EpiCast Network. You can email feedback to handlethetruthpodcast at gmail.com. The theme music for the show is Total Breakdown by the band Brad Sucks.